Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hello, Burley. Last episode. Sam and Dean had to call on Bobby to come help them figure out what they were hunting because all these people kept getting killed and there was no pattern other than the people were complete dicks. Mm-hmm. And Bobby figured out they were dealing with a trickster. And there was a scene where I said the purpose of a shot was for you to go, oh my God, he's so adorable. That trickster is so, so freaking cute. And you didn't agree with me. I wasn't sure about the purpose of the shot. You said that the purpose of the shot was to show how silly Dean looked stuffing his face with the snacks. I do not remember. (laughs) But the episode had differing perspectives as they were telling Bobby what was going on in this town. It would be Sam's version. Then it would be Dean's version. During the, oh my God, he's so adorable shot. It was all coming from Sam's perspective. And I found out about another ship in the supernatural fandom, which is Sam and the trickster. Mm, Okay. So if you're one of the people who shipped them, you're probably on my side that that shot was Sam's perspective going, Oh my God, he's so adorable. I just want to grab him and squeeze his cheeks. Which ones? Both. All of them. (laughs) Give them all to me. Anyway, by the end of the episode, they did have a duel with the trickster and some of his, illusions i guess we'll call them manifestations and it turned out one of those manifestations was actually himself because they thought they got him and left got the hell out of there before somebody found the body but it turned out that he is a-okay yep so i imagine we're gonna see the trickster again surely he's gonna pop back up yeah i would think so so that's where we were last episode this episode is called Roadkill that we're going to be talking about today. And this one, uh, you really liked it. I did. It felt like a callback to season one. It's the first episode yeah. we've seen in a while where it was like that self-enclosed, low-budget horror movie feel. Like somebody could watch this episode 100% alone and not have a whole lot of questions. Yes, yeah, I agree. Most of the other episodes we've seen this season, you needed to know what was going on with Daddy, what's going on with this yellow-eyed demon, what's going on with the demon children, and, uh, like, there's been the overarching stuff for most of the episodes, so we haven't seen one like this in a while. Yeah, you're right. This starts out, we have uh, Molly and her husband, David, Uh, we find other names later, but at the moment, they're in their car, driving along a highway, clearly lost. And David is typical macho male, and he says it's just not in his genetics to stop and look for directions. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Molly thinks it's ridiculous, mentioned that they had just passed the same gas station a while back, and let's stop. He says no. And he starts to – she mentions it's their anniversary and that they should be wherever they were going to be at this point, but they're on the highway, lost. So he starts trying to make her feel a little better. Messing with her. <laughs> I wrote down roadhead now. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's where he was getting, but it's dark. It's raining. Well, he's just trying to make her feel better. They both see this man in the road, which I like. It, it's a flash that they show us, and I was like, "What's with what that guy's stomach? It just looked weird." I didn't even notice the stomach. I was like, "Oh, baseball hat." <laughs> I just, I just saw that there was something, and I was just like, "Okay." And she swerves. They go off the road, slam into a tree, and blackout. And she comes to. David's missing. He's not in the driver's seat. She gets out, starts wandering around, and happens upon this shed or, like, little tiny cabin. And it's it's got all kinds of weapons and everything. So I guess it's somebody's, like, hunting a little lodge or something. That's what I was about to say. Like, I know slaughterhouse isn't the right term for it. Yeah. But, like, that's obviously where a hunter goes to skin and yeah. do all that other yeah. stuff. Because there's, like, a table with blood on it. Yeah. She sees the guy that she thought she hit or swerved to not hit. And he turns around and he's got, it just like his guts hanging out of his stomach. Like it's belly of guts. And I forget what he said to her. Ew, David. Nah. I don't even know if he said anything to her. She just, she was just like asking if he was okay. I wrote down scary gutted ghosts. Yeah. I was like, he just turned around and his guts were out. I remember blood was coming out of his mouth. And then yeah. His, and then like his face kind of flashed to look decompose. Oh, that's right. It almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks real freaky. Yeah. At first I thought he was going to like turn into a demon, but then it just looked like he. It, that weird flashy thing that it does with the ghosts sometimes. Where yeah. It looks like it's a screen cutting in and out. It was mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But with like the evil dead gore zombie-ish kind of stuff going on over his face. And then she screamed. Yeah. And she actually runs back to the road to try and get somebody to stop. And like the same situation, we see the Impala coming down the road right at her and they like Dean has to slam on his brakes. She's like yelling at them for help. They both look a little like taken aback, freaked out a little. She bangs on the window, asks for help and they get out. She's like, I have to find my husband. I have to find my husband. And they're like, no, let's let's take you into town, get you out of here. And she's not having it. She's not leaving without David. They reluctantly tell her, like, let's get in the car. We'll take you. Or she wants to go back to the scene where she crashed to see if she can find him. So she gets in. And as they're on their way, the radio starts going crazy. And House of the Rising Sun starts playing, which she mentioned that that was the song playing when they ran in or that she saw Grilly, which I don't remember hearing it then. We were too concerned about the roadhead. I guess so. That yeah. it wasn't safe. Like, yeah. They weren't following safety protocols. That's right. That's right. Protocols? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so after she mentions this, they uh, they actually see Greeley again. And Dean <laughs> slams on the uh, gas and just runs right through him. Mm-hmm. They think they're good, but nope. The car ends up breaking down. They pull up on the side of the road. And Molly... <laughs> they're like all right let's let's get this they open the trunk they're like sifting through all their stuff in the trunk and molly's like um okay thanks guys i think i'm just gonna take off after seeing like all the weapons and crazy shit in their trunk and she's like yeah thanks i'm gonna go and they're like no 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 and she's like no no leave me alone sam of course is trying to smooth it over with her and she's like i mean what are you guys doing out here with all this shit and dean's like we're hunting ghosts (laughs) <laughs> and Sam's like shocked that he said this to her because he doesn't want to freak her out. And basically they end up telling her that one night a year on the anniversary of this guy, John- Jonah Greeley, of his death, he haunts this part of the highway and it's been 15 years since he was killed. So they get their weapons, they get their bag together with the salt and all their the shit they need. And she 
And I thought she, it was funny. She mentioned that they were like kind of like Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And I think Dean was like, yeah, without the jumpsuits and something. A couple of notes I have written down uh, when they were in the car as she was telling them about David and about their fight and about how the only time they fought was when they were cramped up in the car. And Sam's like, I know what you mean. I wrote down Sam comparing he and Dean to a married couple again. Mm-hmm. Sexual tension. <laughs> and then whenever Dean and Molly were talking, I wrote down Dean doesn't have time for Molly's shit. He was not wanting to sit there and have a chit chat conversation about all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was real all business in this one. Yes, he was. No messing around. They take off to go see if they can find Greeley's grave. They actually find the house, not the cabin. And they're in there looking around. They try to find any kind of paperwork or something they can find where he and his wife might have been buried. Molly finds this uh, photo album of him and his wife. I didn't see any kids or anything. Uh, the place is a mess, too. And she sees, like, that there was this lovely, this beautiful love letter that he wrote to his wife in there and that they seem like a really lovely couple. Sam kind of has a little chat with her about spirits and, like, some of them have grudges or revenge they need to figure out. Some of them just hold on to things too long and they're just kind of lost. He also gave like a lesson in salt to her. And that was a flashback to season one as well. Cause I commented on the episodes earlier this season about how we weren't having things spoon fed to us anymore about why they were doing what we Mm -hmm. were kind of having to figure stuff out now. And this one, he was explaining everything. And I wrote that down because that stuck out to me. I was like, we haven't had something explained to us like this in a while. Yeah. Which by the end of the episode, it makes sense why they were explaining everything. And Sam was trying to be so patient, trying to be so kind with her. But I I did take note of that. Like, oh, we haven't had an intro lesson in a while. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I also forgot to mention she, when they were on the way to find the house, uh, Jonah did come out of the woods and like snatched her saying she's, she's mine, mine again. Yeah. And uh, Dean smoked him with the rock salt. Yes. So now we're back in the house. She finds the album and Dean meets them up there and says that what was his little comment about the Jennifer Love Hewitt that Sam gets all Jennifer Love Hewitt about some of the stuff with the spirits and Dean Dean of course does not and he happens to find this little hidden passageway thing that's locked from the inside and he busts it down and they go through there and it's a whole other room of the house and they find the wife hanging in there. So I guess she killed herself because she just couldn't live without Jonah. Yeah. Whenever they were walking in right before they found the body, Dean announced smells like old lady in here. Yeah. Just like real nice. Which I would be like, I don't think it would be old lady. I think it'd probably be like Like decomposed body. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And sweet Sam is asking Dean to come on, help me. And Dean's like, what? Why? And Sam says she deserves to be put to rest because he's just the sweetest. And they are outside and they bury her next to the house. And then they're just kind of hanging out in the house. I was like, what what are we doing, guys? Dean's just sitting in a chair looking out the window. And she's still obsessed with this album she's looking at. Well, they were waiting for they were waiting for Greeley to come try and get her again. I know. Like, we didn't know that at the time. Right. At the time, it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. By the end of the episode, we understand that they were kind of using her for bait. They hear House of the Rising Sun start playing again, and Dean's Dean finds it playing on this unplugged jukebox. 
and looks over and on the window, it's kind of written on there, like on the frosted window, she's mine. Really, really wants Molly. It kept showing Molly standing in front of this big ass open window. And so I knew it was coming. I knew Greeley was going to smash through the window and get her, but it still jump scared me whenever it actually happened. But yeah, he busted through that window and grabbed her from behind and took her. The guys, before taking off after her, they kind of look around a little more to see where they can find out that Greeley is buried so they can take care of him. In the album that Molly was obsessed with, they find a picture of the couple standing in front of his little hunting lodge. And Sam mentions that he swears right where they're standing, there's a tree there now. And that is kind of an old country custom to plant a tree as a grave marker. I forget, Dean said something. He said, he said, you're like a walking encyclopedia of weirdness. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. I liked that Sam just goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they go and find Molly. The, the Greeley has her in the hunting lodge again, and she's hanging by her wrists. And he starts saying how it's, I can't remember really what he says. His voice was real gravelly, but it was basically like it's his time to hurt her or something and like slices her chest with his fingernail. And then he cuts her like on her belly and it just looks gross because his nasty fingernail. Dean busts in and shoots him again. And as he's trying to get Molly down, Sam's outside burning the grave spot where the tree was out front. And we see Greeley start to burn up from the bottom up and he burns up and goes away, disappears. Molly is still upset and wants to find David. She doesn't want to leave, but they say that they'll take her to him. They're going to take her to David. And they roll up on this nice little house. And she's confused about why they're there. And they take her up there and through the window she sees David. But she's like, that's not him. But then she takes a closer look and he's older. He's much older. And some some lady comes up and they, you know, kissing him while he's having his morning coffee. And she's like, what is this? The fuck, bitch? Yeah. (laughs) What is happening? The boys end up telling her that this is David. This is his wife. They live here. And that 15 years ago, Molly and David hit and killed Jonah Greeley on that highway. They said that there were two people that were haunting that highway. It was John Greeley and Molly herself. So why don't we find out, which we suspected, Molly is actually dead. She did not survive the crash. And it kind of flashes back through their investigations of finding Molly's picture with John Greeley. It shows whenever they slammed on their brakes and she's like screaming, can you help me? Sam looks at Dean and says, I don't think she knows she's dead. Right. Which I I was like, they looked when I was saying they looked a little weirded out by it. So that explains it. it. Once they are doing all of this, it's all the things in hindsight that we're going, oh, oh, and kind of putting putting it all together. Very sixth sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very reminiscent of Sixth Sense, which they actually do a call out to that toward the end of the episode. Dean jokes around calling Sam Haley Joel or something yeah. like that. Sam tells Molly that it's it's her time. You know, she, does, she doesn't really want to keep haunting this highway that because every 15 or every year, she's the one that's getting tortured by Greeley, even though she has no recollection of it. That reminded me of a movie you and I both like called High Spirits. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, Daryl Hannah's character and Liam Neeson's character are doing the same thing, reenacting the same thing over and over again in a loop until they kind of get knocked out of it. So, yeah, it was like 
high spirits and sixth sense, but not as much comedy as high spirits. Oh yeah, no. There was some there was we laughed a few times, but not nearly as much comedy. Yeah. Uh, but still it made me think of that one. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but you're right. It's Molly's turn. David's already let go of her, clearly. So she he said he had his time to say his goodbyes and mourn. And it's her turn to say her goodbyes and move on to wherever it is she's going. So she kind of walks away and has a moment to herself and disappears into this big bright light that kind of looks like the sun, where it's coming from the sun. And she disappears. And I think Sam or Dean asks Sam if he really thinks she's, you know, going somewhere else. And Sam says he hopes so. That's hope is all it really is. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it for Roadkill. Not too much gore. No. The guts hanging out Blech. and him doing the cuts with his dirty ass finger mm-hmm. is probably the closest thing to gore in this one. So, what did you adore about this episode? Well, as always, I thought Sam was really sweet with her and just like. So, like, empathetic and just trying to, like, help her through this without blasting it to her to, like, you know, just take her back and freak her out. I like that. I always love Sam stuff. I know you do. He's just a sweetheart. <laughs> He's just Sammy sweetie sassy but then There is a funny thing that um, Dean says, too, that I thought I, I really liked, but we'll save that for our quote at the end. Okay. Okay. I liked the the callback to season one. Yeah. I like It felt like a season one episode. And I really liked that this episode, for the most part, not entirely, but for the most part, this episode came from the perspective of the ghost. Mm -hmm. We were seeing everything through her eyes. There would be little tidbits here and there to let us know that something was off. Like when Sam said, I think we should just tell her the truth. And Dean said, if we do that, she's going to run the other direction or something like that. There were these little tidbits along the way that something's off something else is going on here but for the most part it was from the ghost's perspective and we haven't had that yet so i really liked that as well i thought that was an interesting decision i liked this episode it's not gonna be one of my favorites but i really enjoyed it yeah so on to the lore according to wit i'm gonna say wit w-i-t-t-e does that seem right sure witty witty wit brothers exchange inc Here are some of the most haunted roads to travel in the United States. Ooh. No, thank you. Highway 93 in Arizona. This stretch. Why'd you make your eyes so big? (laughs) I think I've been on that highway. Oh, no. This stretch of road is also known as Blood Alley and stretches between Kingman, Arizona, near the Nevada border. And Wickenburg, Arizona. Oh, maybe not. Okay. I think I'm safe. Okay, good, good. I was really worried. (laughs) (laughs) This curvy and hilly road that goes through the canyons of Arizona was redone in the 1908s. Maybe that was supposed to be 1980s and it's a typo. That's a weird way to put an S at the end of 1908. Like there's not more than one. True. We'll assume it's a typo. 1980s to make it much safer it's infamous for the hundreds who have died along it hundreds yikes from massive pileups to cars randomly veering off the road and drivers misjudging the turns it didn't take long for locals to suspect that blood alley was cursed 
Rumor has it, during the nighttime hours, it isn't uncommon to encounter apparitions, ghosts, or other unexplained visions along and even in the middle of the road. Molly McNamara, I thought you moved on. Right. Why are you hanging out on Highway 93? She moved over to Arizona. She needed a new <laughs> fresh spot. She just wanted some fresh scenery. Next up, we've got Junction at Route 222 and 125 near Cincinnati. Located at east of Cincinnati is a perpendicular junction crossroads. Uh-oh. Uh, where Route 222 and 125 meet, it's called Dead Man's Curve. History states that the deadly reputation of this spot began in 1969. Ah, 69! When a tragic accident occurred when five teenagers were killed by a speeding car. Since that time, it is said a ghost of a faceless hitchhiker haunts the intersection. Woman in white. According to the Ohio Department of Transportation, the crash rate on this inner belt is two to three times more than the regional average for urban freeways, despite the reduced speed limits. Cherry Valley Road. It's one that isn't often traveled by OTR drivers. What's OTR? I was about to ask you that. Wit Brothers, what's OTR? (laughs) I don't know. But it still receives some traffic and is located between Rockford, Illinois and Genoa, Illinois. This road also meets a road that is called Bloods Point Road. The location of these two roads are considered rural Hence, the lack of regular traffic. But if you find yourself traveling down it, watch out for ghosts. Uh Uh-oh. The ghosts that haunt this road are alleged to be from a fatal school bus crash. Jesus. At a bridge a little way down the road. Last one, we've got Highway 191, a.k.a. the Highway to Hell. It had such a bad reputation that they renamed it to Highway 191. It was previously Highway 666. Oh. It runs north to south in Utah from Crescent Junction to Mexican Water in Arizona. It is also known as the Devil's Highway. Highway to Hell, Highway 666, Devil's Highway. Yeah. Yikes. Drivers on this highway have been said to encounter unexplainable sightings and other strange things. This road not only houses a lot of ghosts phantoms, and other evil spirits. It also has an unusually high number of accidents and fatalities that have been blamed on a black sedan that runs people off the road. Is it a racist truck? I bet. It's the racist truck. It relocated. A lot of things have relocated to these roads, apparently. Uh, Not to mention the pack of hellhounds that are said to attack drivers. Oh. There are many roads throughout the U.S. that are haunted. But many of those go through small towns and are rarely, if ever, frequented by any type of vehicle traffic. Wit drivers frequent some of the roads mentioned here in this blog. Highway 93 being a route some drivers travel once a week and the junction at Route 222 and 125 about once a month. So far, we have had no reports of any hauntings or spooky encounters. I will try to steer clear from those roads. Good. Yeah. I know you frequent these areas. Yeah. Well done. (laughs) 
I didn't see any Texas ones. Goat, Goat Man's Bridge is supposed to be pretty oh, bad, yeah. but like it's not even a road anymore. I don't think you can even drive over it. I wonder if they all happen at night or if some of it's during the day. I don't know. All right, so closing out, it's our quote from the episode. This is when Molly's being tortured by Greeley and Dean comes to save her. He kicks in the door and shoots Greeley with rock salt. Molly goes, oh, thank God. And Dean says, oh, you can just call me Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch. <laughs>